Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Quan Cherry isn't your average astrologist. He began his training in the left hemispheric studies, such as business, finance, and law, even getting his law degree. However, his interest in personal growth and evolution using language and art landed his interest in a more right hemisphere study, and eventually he found the sweet spot between the mystical and scientific measurements of astrology. Quan is able to bring the metaphysical and high concepts of astrology to a very practical and even historic observation of the human experience. His ability to understand and combine the delicate balance of all of the deep intricacies of not only the star systems, but the detailed personalities of each marker is truly exceptional. He says, and I quote, studying law trained me to be an astrologist. Being able to look at charts in front of him, he is quickly able to glean deep meaning and integrate the signs and symbols into digestible and growth-giving information. Knowing the implications of the skeptics, Quan named his practice, belief is not required, furthering the confidence in the very practical and scientific aspects of astrology. He believes that astrology gives us an open manual to see where our shadows and strengths lie, to give us a better understanding of ourselves. And Quan believes that us digging into our charts can help us better achieve our purposes here on earth and help us understand how to facilitate growth through our weaknesses. He's a very brilliant man, and I'm so excited to welcome Quan to the show. All right, we have a warm welcome to Quan Cherry on the show. Thank you for being on Spiritual Shit. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> It's a funny I still thing. laugh. I still laugh at the name, you know, because I love alliteration, <laughs> but it's just you know. <laughs> a little facetious. <laughs> well, yeah, and we need humor. Spirituality is not supposed to be heavy all the time either. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um, so, Quan, I first met you when we did um, a natal chart for me and did a first initial astrological reading. And uh-huh. the first time that I did it, um, I didn't have really actually any real belief in astrology at the time. And I I was just, my mind was blown by the hour that you gave to me and what information you were able to give to me from that. So I've been fascinated with ever since. Um, But you come from a very um, scientific, logical side background. And so you started off as a lawyer and um, now you're non-practicing, but you're very much into metaphysics and into astrology and numerology and all those things. So first, before we get into the deep questions of astrology, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what caused to have such a dramatic shift in your professional life. Well, I started off, uh, my undergrad was in uh, financial accounting. And so I always had a love for numbers. And uh, so someone gave me a book in numerology, which led to Tarot, which led to astrology. And if you just think, it's this is before the proliferation of the internet so in that way <laughs> and uh so a lot of it was self-taught and i didn't see how to make a living at it 
So uh, I applied to law school and, and astrology and tarot came first. So I was, a lot of times people get it twisted and they think that it came after. And so law school was basically my plan B mm-hmm. in a way. And in that, um, you know, I took the bar, passed the bar, but all the while I was doing astrology and tarot sessions for people. And years later, that's what worked. And uh, so I pay my legal dues every February. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, astrology and spirituality is my love. So mm-hmm. I'm very clear that uh, this is what I think the world needs more spiritualists. Because uh, if you think a couple thousand years ago, uh, spiritualists were always outside of society. Mm-hmm. You know, they were in convents or monasteries. or So now we have a proliferation of people such like yourself that uh, are interested in spreading this information and wisdom uh, to get people to think about, well, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the, what's the purpose of my life? And astrology and tarot are, and numerology are just uh, guides, guidelines. Sort of like, um, did you, uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean, when they talk about you have to parlay, they swear the rules are more like guidelines. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see astrology and tarot, they're more like guidelines. It's nothing, it's not etched in stone if you're one thing or another. It's just, this is the proliferation of energy that can work best for you. Right. So how many years have you been an astrologist? I would say I've worked at this since the middle 80s. So almost <laughs> almost three decades. Uh, full time this month, uh, it's been 24 years. So, so you would be considered uh, an expert in stretch compared to all <laughs> these youngins out here. <laughs> I, I would say um, that reminds me of my business ethics teacher back in undergrad who used to say, uh, Professor Nesbaum, he would say there are no experts, just varying degrees of ignorance. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been that kind of, I got a little bit more knowledge uh, and wisdom. <laughs> but but uh, and, and I think it's a, if you see it as a, as a practice, Mm-hmm. You know, that it's something that you're going to consistently be learning. Like if I were an active lawyer, I would still have to do continuing education. And yes. so uh, I continually educate myself in astrology and metaphysics as well. I love it. Um, so we're going to start off with our first question. And okay. I think, you know, I, the stars fascinate me anyway, and I'm just, I'm into anything spiritual. So I think it's kind of fun, but why do you think that the stars have such an influence in the way that we behave and why do they hold key palpable markers to one's personality? Uh, if we do the scientific measurement aspect, uh, tropical astrology is the seasons, you know, the season of Aries, beginning of, uh, of the spring equinox. And then 30 days later we go to Taurus and uh, five days out of the month, the full moon is as large as the sun. So we have this, this connection to the visual. Uh, we have the aspect of the moon controlling the tides and our bodies being made up of, of water. Uh, we have the ability to understand uh, just the, our gut brain. And, um, and I see astrology as a language. So. 
uh, it's a way to describe our reality and again to give us the guidelines. Uh, but the moon, our instincts, our habits, our subconscious is what she represents. And she gets us back at least five days out of the month. <laughs> you know, that, so if we're hyper-rational, there is a part of our psyches or our souls that uh, come at us from a whole different perspective that get us to be uh, what I call trans-rational. We may know the rational thing to do, but we get beyond that to follow our intuition, to okay. follow our guides in that way. So the palpable markers in one's personality, we have a lot of identification with our sun signs. And yes. there are some very definite archetypes that go with that, that people identify with. Um, but they're not the only signs that bring out large parts of uh, pieces of our personality, um, our moon sign, our rising, and things like that. So um, what are the differences between our sun, moon, and rising signs, and what's the, what's the importance of each of them? Yeah, and, and that's what I call our big three. And uh, the rising sign, unless you're born at sunrise or within about an hour on either side, you're going to have a different rising sign or presentation or approach to the world than your sun sign, because the drama is geocentric astrology. So it's how the drama is being played out on Earth. And so wait, the sun geocentric, what is that? Yeah, that's the, that we're looking at the stars and planets, the Earth as center. Okay. Even though we know that we go around the sun. Mm -hmm. So our sun sign is that alignment of where the Earth is in the season you know, whether it's the beginning of spring or the middle of fall, but it's this, the relationship between the sun and earth. And then our moons, so rising sign, mask, presentation, approach to life. Sun sign is our consciousness. And so it represents, so our children, so if we're around children, we have to be very clear not to project what we think the sun sign is about because the chil children, until you ask the question, why am I here? How can I be the hero or the heroine of my own journey? Uh, what, how do I add the consciousness of who I am, my spirit to a situation? And if we want to use the psychological term ego, identity, that's sun sign. But the moon sign represents our instincts, our habits, our subconscious, those so-called immutable, immutable characteristics of gender and race and educational background. And I say all women, all mothers get an eight to nine month head start in terms of imprinting the child that, or the children that they have via the mm -hmm. moon sign as well. So if you wanna understand, one of my favorite ways to delineate or explain the difference between a sun sign and a moon sign uh, is that tomorrow is, uh, would have been Dr. King's uh, 91st birthday. Mm -hmm. And so we're in, the sun sign of Capricorn. So that very famous speech that he gave in 18, 1963 was about economic freedom and jobs, which is a very earthy Capricorn. What can the government do to take care of all of its citizens? All very earthy, practical Capricorn language. Mm -hmm. But no one really remembers that. People remember the I have a dream part of that speech mm -hmm. and his moon or how he connected to people on subconscious or empathic intuitive levels was in the sign of Pisces. 
which is watery and soulful and all about connecting everybody. We are the world oneness. And that's what we remember. So the moon sign can represent those intuitive impressions we leave on others, the way we connect on a soul to soul bond. And by just knowing the three, whether it's fire, earth, air, or water, you can pretty much kind of suss out what are the best ways to replenish your soul. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're a fire moon, like you're an Aries moon, you know, it How did you remember Aries. that? I looked it up right before. I said, <laughs> let, me, let me look up because I just want to be able to make it personal to you yeah, yeah. as well, because that way you'll be able to say, hey, that that, that is me. So if you're fire yeah. moon, then the worst thing that fire moves because fire is about action and getting things going and and uh showing up because fire shows up as the candle or the flame and uh the worst thing that could happen to a fire moon aries Leo, or sag is not to be able to act on your feelings mm -hmm. to not be able to speak directly about what you're feeling now that doesn't mean you're going to always be right or we're going to want to hear what you have to say <laughs> <laughs> What we, what we do know is that expression, tangible physical expression, and since fire uh, needs to be fed, it's important to understand well, what are the philosophies of the fire moon? What are your beliefs? Uh, what are you willing to stand up for? You mm -hmm. know? Um, and so I can look at a chart and can tell where your, which body is going to probably show when you're out of balance. Mm. Fire is can burn out, mm -hmm. get you know get depressed if it doesn't have something to inspire someone, some activity. Uh, the next is the Earth moons, which are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, and they want to be physical, practical. So they're most likely to work themselves to physical disease mm. because it's a physical Earth sign. Where fire will burn out, Earth will tend to work itself it'll only take off work if it's physically ill mm -hmm. uh, and then the air moons gemini libra and aquarius uh need to talk air out their feelings oh. they need to discuss them mm -hmm. you know and and they're very sensitive to tone because sound travels through the air so mm -hmm. there is that aspect and then water moons are the aspects of, of they're going to feel on their feelings so mm -hmm. it's very important for the cancer scorpion pisces people to not get attached to the outcome of their feelings, but like fire, express them, but don't get caught in the melancholy or the brooding and the resentment mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. sometimes comes. And this is the moon part, not the sun part. Mm -hmm. This is the, the way in which we maintain balance internally. So the moon shows it. up, yeah, the moon shows yeah. up as kind of the subconscious, we would say. Yes, definitely. The emotional yes. body and how we show up emotionally or non-cognizant. Yes, and how we, will re how we will react to a situation. And then hopefully, as we monitor or we grow and we, we look at our, we monitor our feelings or we process how we do that, um, then we will add our consciousness, sun sign, to be able to play with, okay, I know that, like I have my youngest sister, who's one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, she has a Gemini moon, which is adaptable, She's thinking, she cut her teeth on the dictionary. I mean, she's just <laughs> extremely, extremely bright. And I know whenever she tells a story, since Gemini is a dualistic sign, mm -hmm. that she needs, she tells the story twice. 
that I mean, and, and we have we, we have long conversations and, and what have you. And I noticed that if she won't tell the story with the same facts in the same way, mm. that they will be in a different order every mm -hmm. time she tells the story. And I can pretty much tell that she's okay if she can tell the story, because there's the airing it out. Mm -hmm. And then she can, if I can get her to chuckle or laugh, if she can see, if there's some humor in it, some pun, some wordplay or whatever, then I know she's seen whatever this, this discomfort and she has some perspective on it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I can pretty much know if she doesn't feel comfortable or safe, she won't talk. Mm -hmm. She'll go a, a week or two weeks and not call. And I can pretty much know something's wrong if I don't hear from her. Okay. Because, again, because of her, her Gemini moon. moon. The Gemini moon, that she needs to air it out. And Gemini rules siblings, because each sign has different connection points to it. Yeah. And, uh, and she was actually, since the moon can be early childhood and Gemini is siblings, our older sister, Sandra, was really more of a nurturing figure to her than her own mother. Mm -hmm. So there are different ways in which the moon plays mm -hmm. out. Like even in your case, with an Aries moon, you're going to find, consistently be looking for pioneering ways to express your feelings, your creative uh, joie de vivre, as it were, mm -hmm. you know, that joy of living. Yeah. Um, that you probably won't ever reach final solution. And what I mean by that is that you'll constantly be inventing ways to express feelings and to express emotions creatively, you know, because that's area yeah. starts things in that way. Woo! <laughs> Anybody who knows well, me is like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, you just, just let's get it done. Why did why did we get it done yesterday? Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Can't get it done fast enough. Yeah. So how does how does the moon sign then interact with the sun sign? So um, for me, I'm a Cancer sun, and what some people would describe as the canceriest of cancers. Um, <laughs> but if I have an Aries moon, and how does the ascendant which is scorpio which i have two cardinal signs and then two like two water and then one fire people are like that's a that's a mess <laughs> well yeah you could be you could be running through the world wanting to put your own stuff out right fire <laughs> water <laughs> you know it's like ah you know but both of those elements are subjective in the sense that it has to come from an internal locus of authority or control and so what i look to is the fact first of all is the moon and sun is it waxing or waning? Are you born before a full moon or after a full moon? Mm -hmm. And if you're born after a full moon, then it's, it's waning. And that's more, what's my role in the community? What's my role in, you know, in the larger picture? If you're waxing, then it's a more subjective energy of, I'm going to act on what it is that I feel is right for me. Doesn't make waxing moons more selfish. It just makes them more self-mobilized or self-directed. Whereas waning moons, and you're a waning moon because the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the uh, moon in Aries and the sun in Cancer means that you're waning. Um, and if we and, and if we want to get even more technical, you're you're the you're that you know that beautiful moon that comes out about nine thirty in the evening. Mm -hmm. and she looks like she's kind of sitting 
in her recliner you know, <laughs> at about nine, 10 o'clock at night. That's a waning gibbous moon. That's the moon you're born under, mm-hmm. which is the disseminator's moon, which you like to spread information, the perpetual student teacher. Uh, definitely, uh, I mean, here you are. I mean, you've got that very packed ninth house. So here you are, we're having this in a whole nother country. You know, <laughs> I mean, so I mean, it's just, you are like, uh, <laughs> uh, embodies your chart. Um, but I think that the Scorpio ascending, and I tell this to all my Scorpio rising approach to life, is that that's just to make sure that you pause and say, how much emotion or how much feeling, how much evolution do I want to add to this situation? Mm-hmm. So the Scorpio rising is there to give you just a little bit of caution. It's different than Cancerian caution. Because Cancerian caution is more of, I don't know you. Therefore, <laughs> <laughs> I need to know who your people are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's sort of like um, in Color Purple where, uh, you know, she went, one of the women went and took uh, Oprah Winfrey's character to visit her family. And she said, I don't know those people. And so she had to drive them back. That's cancer. I don't know you. But the Scorpio side of you is the part that gets curious mm-hmm. about why people do what they do. And any caution is more out of self-protection yeah. and accessing how you share power um, and with others. Mm-hmm. And, but I think fire and water like you, um, it's important to search for either the air in your chart, the Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, or the earth in the chart, the Taurus, mm-hmm. Virgo, Capricorn, to kind of give that hot water a vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's an airy intellectual vehicle or whether it's an earthy tangible vehicle. Nice. Does that make, that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. Like even, like even this is, this is a vehicle. Yeah. That that has to be personal, has to be uh, passionate, um, and and the impression you're going to leave on others is an honest steward of spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, Aries is Aries moons tend to be uh, you tend to act without guile. You know mm-hmm. that there is now you may look all skullduggery with the Scorpio. But, uh, you know, like, you know, cloak and dagger. But <laughs> internally, how you see yourself is I want to be straightforward. I want to be the victor of my life. I like I, that. I want, I want to be the, not the victim. I want to be the victor. Victor. Um, so I would love to, for people who are listening to this, who may not know much about these signs, um, there are so many... I, I live for memes <laughs> so uh, okay. on Instagram, um, and there are a lot of like common archetypes or summations of each sun sign. Mm-hmm. And um, so, first, I would love for you quickly, like if you can give like a two sentence about each sun sign, what they are, and then kind of like gather the air signs, the water signs, the earth signs, the fire signs, and what are the commonalities between them. Okay. Um, First of all, it, the acronym I use is FIA, fire, earth, air, and water. All right. And so fire signs, Aries, beginning of spring, uh, the mean, it's an initiating fire sign. So I see Aries people running around with a bunch of matches, <laughs> you know, uh, the old Michael J- uh, Jackson joint, want to be starting something. 
<laughs> you know, so it's that <laughs> that <laughs> aspect. When we start, so yeah, what are we start? You know, Mama say, Mama Tala, what? You know, I'm not gonna give that. I'm not gonna sing to you. Yeah. And then so after we get the fire, the Aries is the beginning of the personal, and Leo is the beginning of the interpersonal, um, and that's the sun. So Leo is the you know, I'm holding court basically. So there is a, and, and we don't need to get caught up so much in the royalty aspect of it as to rule is to serve, to hmm. quote some old I Ching wisdom. Uh, and so Leo is really about the loyal, personal, self-expressive service. So, um, and then the last fire sign, Sagittarius, uh, is the fire of wisdom. And so that's the university professor or uh, the Harrison Ford in the Indiana Jones stuff, right? So it's that, um, or the irreverent comedy of a Sarah Silverman or uh, a John Stewart. That's mm -hmm. Sagittarius. We're going to make you think about the nature of reality. So mm -hmm. after fire comes earth. So we get vision first. And then the earth element, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Taurus is key phrases I have. Um, I have more Taurus people in my family than any other <laughs> side. And so my mother says they have two speeds, slow and slower. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very tactile. So they're very about the five senses. And so um, just think of that heightened sensualist. You know, so any meme that deals with uh, just really enjoying the physical world mm -hmm. and all of its goodies. And in Virgo, um, its meme would be I serve is his key phrase. And I think of Virgo as that incredible technical actor or actress. Detail-oriented. Yes, and very, and they're not perfectionists. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. Like, I, because Earth knows, the, the Taurus Virgo and Capricorn knows that perfection is an ideal. Ideals live in the air element of the mind, mm -hmm. the Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. So Virgo knows that to, that it's about being precise and uh, excellent about whatever service mm. it takes on. Um, and then Capricorn is where we are now. And their key phrases I use or I utilize. So there's a pragmatic side. So think of um, the time manager. Capricorn's mm. like, okay, let's get this going. Um, and if I were thinking of a meme with them, they can be as centralist as Taurus. They just mm -hmm. don't show it in public. Mm. So don't overlook, you know, um, and they all supposedly have this spot at the lower part of their spine that electrifies them. So mm. if you got a Capricorn in your life, tune into that lower, um, and I'm not going to say tramp stamp because that's a judgment. <laughs> Kundalini. <laughs> that's a judgment. <laughs> Kundalini. Yeah. Kundalini, yes. Yeah. And then, um, then after the uh, Earth, we have air, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. Um, the meme with Gemini is pretty easy. It's that the twin. Yeah. So we often say, who are we speaking to? Which one is we? You know, that kind of energy. But Gemini is brilliant. Do not let them fool you. Even if they're acting like they don't know something, they'll find it out. So they're the detectives. Mm -hmm. Libra's the scales. Iron fist and velvet glove. Um, they are incredibly persuasive. So don't ever, so Libra is the lawyer mm -hmm. arguing the other points of view. Um, and then of course,
the water bearer, but it's an air sign. Now they can be easily become fanatical about what they see for the future. So they need to contain their feelings and not to get excessive about it. And last but not least uh, is the water element, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. So we need giphies around love and connectedness. You know, those cats and those kittens and those puppies, that's, that's all cancer. <laughs> you know, all of those memes. And then Scorpio, those dark cloak and dagger memes, you know, that you see out and about. Because uh, our holiday is Halloween. So there you have mm, it. Mm-hmm. And then Pisces, uh, you know, I was watching uh, the football game, uh, the Chiefs the other day. And uh, Go Chiefs, a, we're from Kansas City. All right, okay, had to do that. <laughs> um, and there's a McDonald's commercial that has gospel music in it. Mm-hmm. And it just, and so I, I, it's just the juxtaposition. And I realize, you know, you go to church and you go to KFC or you go to church, you go to McDonald's. But it just, it, it, I mean, it, it, just, it just struck me oddly. But that's Pisces. Pisces is a mixture between the gospel and being inspired by something larger than yourself. But then you still got to go eat. <laughs> you, know, you, still, you, you still live on, you know, uh, you still live on the physical world. So Pisces is, is, is a really, I think they might be the hardest to do it, uh, uh, get before because. The hardest so, to what? That might, to, to do uh, a Giphy, is that how you say it? Because you know, I, oh, yeah, so, meme. Yeah, <laughs> meme. Yeah. Um, a graphic interchange format. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, that I think that they're the hardest sign probably to do a meme for. It's because Pisces is so eclectic. You know, if you know any Pisces people, you know, they're in the world, but they're not of the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so um, I would think twice before I sent them any me, you know, because I would want um, to make sure I knew them well enough to get it just right. Now, I know that a lot of women listen to this show and uh-huh. we talk about dating. So okay, that's cool. um, exchanges with compatibilities of signs. Um, just off the top of your head from your experience in seeing this, what are some of the best matches and some of the worst? Okay. First of all, my, I'm an evolutionary astrologer. So my general lawyer disclaimer, when people say, can I get along with this sign? <laughs> I quit back. Well, how much growth do you want? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> how much growth matters, right? Yes. And so, uh, like, for instance, I have a 20-something with a Leo, which is supposedly Scorpio's most difficult or challenging sign. Well, we could You're be Scorpio. prouder. A Scorpio, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, um, and I do think it works better when it's the Scorpio male and the Leo female mm-hmm. than when it's the Leo male and the Scorpio female. Because mm-hmm. Scorpio females, uh, they don't take no mess. <laughs> you know, they just... They just uh, they, they're just, that intuition just comes a little bit more easier to the water sign female, mm-hmm. you, Scorpio and Pisces, because you're in the female body and then water's already a yin receptive yeah. element. Um, but like, for instance, with your cancer energy, you might get attracted to Sagittarians because of your fire moon, because of your ninth house emphasis. And then you've got Venus and Leo. So you, you know, you, hello, you know, let's spark this up. But that so didn't work like, out very well. <laughs> it didn't, yeah. And well, if he were under 35, ah. I tend to, 
Yeah, Taurus and Sagittarius men. If we're talking hetero, cisgender, Taurus, and Sag, just putting all that out there, uh, they tend to mature slower. Hmm. So I tend to tell women or suggest to women, uh, leave the Taurus and Sagittarius alone until early to mid-30s. <laughs> just doesn't mean you can't play with them. <laughs> but uh, don't wifey yourself up with them, all right? <laughs> not, not until they get into early mid thirties. Um, I'd, I'd love some Gemini male Libra females. Hmm. I know a couple couples like that that they do. Those two do very well together. Um, I've seen Aries and Leo do very well together. Mm-hmm. You know, the Aries male or Aries female with the Leo male or Leo female. Because they're of the same element, so you speak mm-hmm. the same language. Um, I'm now in a relationship with an Aquarius, which again is supposedly one of my more challenging signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where the past life for knowing other parts of the chart. Yeah. Comes in, you know, yeah. Um, let's see, Earth. My father and stepmother, he was Taurus and she was Virgo. And the Virgo adaptability, or what I call the Mary Martha, you know, that ability to be conscientious yeah. and spiritual, um, she just was able to adapt just enough to his hard-headed, hard-headed stubbornness <laughs> that they worked out really well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think if you got, um, Leah, if you really want to grow and evolve, uh, first of all, I think you're going to attract someone of a similar soul age, uh, and you won't know the karma until there's the commitment. Yeah. So when people say, "If I had known," well, no, you would have gone in the you other direction. <laughs> you won't know. Yeah. And then as we age and we do more of our karma, then we can go into choosing tasks to evolve. You know, which is called the dharma. What tasks do yeah. we say we're going to take on and do that? Yeah. Uh, any more signs that you, is there anybody you want to ask about specifically or? Oh, no, no. That, okay. um, just kind of generally because there is, um, you know, there's, there are the fun apps that they have. People have like CoStar or yeah, uh, the yeah, pattern yeah. or something like that that people look at. And I get, I get stuff from there all the time, but there's all these really funny memes about guys saying like, I had to go ask my mom what my birth time was for whatever you witches are doing. <laughs> <laughs> People are looking on the pattern app and going back and looking at compatibility and seeing what that says as far as what it is that they can match or whatever. Um, And being an evolutionary um, astrologist, like, do you Mm -hmm. think that's helpful for people? Does it help them improve their possibility of compatibility or are they putting too much steam into what it says? And here again, I'm going to be very even handed on it because I like anything that gets people to look up. You yeah. know, to, to look up or to look within. So if, yeah. if you're doing if you're doing either of those, I'm like, yay! You know. Um, however, I do think with the proliferation of information, and that, that's why my general boilerplate is that astrology is a language that uses scientific measurement, and it's an art form. Mm-hmm. So you still need like like our having this conversation halfway across the planet. I still I, I still feel drawn in through just 
your general tone and the way you are asking the question mm-hmm. that you can't get from a computer program, right. no matter how well written. And so, because I may look at you, look at your chart, look at the other person and go, oh, no, boo. (laughs) (laughs) My friend said that. I showed her my my ascendant and my moon and my sun, and she was like, run, run, run. And I was like, it's me. And she's like, oh, girl, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's that's where I go back to the beauty of your Scorpio ascendant is it'll contain, I think, some of that, the, the, the wild nature of the cancer. Because cancer does have a wild side to it that most people, you know, we howl at a moon. You know, we don't just look at a moon. I mean, so there is a, <laughs> there's a side to cancer that can be uh, very free-spirited mm-hmm. and, and, and very much that I, I think that the patriarchal lore of even the meme about what you witches are doing. Um, I, I tell men in a second, don't leave this to women. Mm. Don't leave, no, this, this should be, this, you know, men have Venuses just like women have Marses. You yeah. know, so let's stop projecting, you know, the stuff off onto each other. Ooh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, let's, let's, let's own it. And, yeah. uh, and I'll tell you, if you don't own your Mars, because, you know, he's a toddler planet. So if you don't know where you're going to misbehave mm. <laughs> or how you're going to misbehave, then you're already on the on deck circles. We're going to use a baseball metaphor. You're not even in the game, really, mm-hmm. because you've got to know, like I know my Mars is in Leo, so I know how I piss people off. Is that I can make something about me in a New York minute. Oh, no, this was about me. Hello. <laughs> Did you get the memo? Um, and then the Libra part of me is like, oh. Nothing to do with you. So explain that because the understanding of signs within the planets. Yes, that each when people say I'm on the cusp, Mm -hmm. that's like saying, "Oh, the pancreas and liver are next to each other, so they must do the same thing." Well, we know that's not true. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so your sun, a planet, is either in one sign or another. Mm-hmm. It's the houses, the dividing lines that we make up through where you're born and what time. Mm-hmm. And so when a planet, think of the planet as the teacher, then the sign is the curriculum that oh. is teaching us. And then where it falls in relationship to the Scorpio ascendant. So that's the first house. Everything begins with the rising or ascendant. Mm-hmm. How you approach things from a number one certain from your own perspective uh then that tells what room it's in so so your moon your instincts teach us through being direct fiery piercing pioneering Mm -hmm. i am the victor of my life i am that i am kind of popeye-ish right Mm -hmm. and then i believe your moon falls in the fifth house of here we are the classroom of Mm self-expression you're not going to wait for anybody to determine the path you're going to take it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just, yeah. that, that, the moon is instinct, Aries is yesterday, and the fifth house is, oh, I got this, Pendejos. <laughs> you know, the buck can stop with me. I'd rather go down with the ship that I'm guiding than be on a ship that somebody else is guiding. Oh, that's me. Oof. Yeah. And um, anybody who loves you and who's sharing personal space with you is going to give you room 
to fire up. Mm-hmm. They're not because if you have somebody that's trying to snuff out your fire, uh, you know your, your fire will go out for a while. Then cancer will strategize sideways. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it won't go direct. It'll go sideways, and the next thing you know, you're somewhere else. Yeah. You know that they don't even know that you've left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking about He's like, my marriage. <laughs> Okay, they don't even know, and they, and wow. your friend know, yeah. you know your you, you know your close uh, squad people know. Yeah. But you, and that's again the beauty of I think having Scorpio ascending, is that you know how to conceal responses that need to be concealed. Yeah. That's I mean, interesting, just, because as you, as you're speaking, I'm thinking how this relates to people who might be listening and uh-huh. how they can understand the um because people will say like for instance right now we're in capricorn season right? yeah yeah uh-huh. and so the, um people will and i love that i love describing it like that the capricorn <laughs> season so, capricorn yeah, season. yeah 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 um but they would talk about it more from a sun sign perspective and mm-hmm. say oh it's the capricorn's time and it's like well no we are in capricorn season and we have a particular sun or planet i guess in each yes. house for that time yeah. Um, so there are certain things that we're learning around each season, depending on when we were born. And so exactly the, which I think is really fascinating because if we think about astrology, we, if we think of, I mean, I go further past before we were born, when we came in our soul contracts and what we're supposed to learn. And we came in with a decided time that we would come in and imprint ourselves with these particular personality traits that would then expand our consciousness in some kind of way to meet our yeah. karma, to open our expander, whatever. Um, and so thinking about that, how, how, does, how does knowing this part of our astrology help improve our lives here materially? Because we, first of all, I love that question. Uh, secondly, we, <laughs> we know, we can no longer say, certainly with the proliferation of information, we can no longer say, I don't know, we can say, I chose not to apply, I chose not to investigate, I chose not to Google, mm. you know? And so, um, because we're growing up as a race, at least this is how I like to think about it, is that we're growing up as, as the human race, right? Mm. And we no longer need the priests, and we don't no, no longer need the intercessor. Yeah. Right now, what we can do is gather the information and say, how can I be a responsible member of the community? So if we know just like this last eclipse where you had five energy teachers in Capricorn, other than just the sun, and then the moon is opposite all of that in Cancer, then we have to understand, well, what's the axis? What are, what, this is the axis of responsibility, responsibility. The Cancer responsibility is are you feeding yourself? Are you self-care? Are you, are you emotionally attuned with your needs and those people who are connected to you? So, yeah, I got a question about that because sure. if we had, we just had an eclipse that was in Cancer. Yes. And is that what you just said affecting everyone the same as a yes. lesson? Yes, everybody is in various degrees. Just like I said about Professor Nesbaum, that there are oh. no. There are no experts, it's varying degrees of, of, of stupidity mm-hmm. or varying degrees of ignorance. Uh, everybody was affected by the lunar eclipse. But obviously, you're going to be more affected in some ways because 
you are a cancer. Your son is there. So you're going to feel this kind of pull to say, well, what do I really need? What do I feel? And then all these planets opposite that sun and cancer for you in Capricorn, you're going to say, okay, now how are you going to show that up in the world? How, mm. how are you going to be professional and put on your, your big girl clothes and deal with reality as it is? You may be feeling all the feels, cancer, but with Capricorn, I'm interested in all the feels. Yeah. Capricorn's interested, how did you represent the family in the outer world today? Did you show up and play the role you agreed to? So this is so a delicate entanglement of oh, totally. two together. And that's, and that's what happens. And eclipses amp it up because they bring in the karma of our evolution. So mm -hmm. say, for instance, um, uh, how can I put it? Where if the moon is blocked, then what that means, the lunar eclipse and our emotions, our instincts, our habits, and that's to get us to think, what, how would I respond to this situation without looking to the past, okay. without looking to my tribe, to my family? What does it say right now that I need to do to be this responsible person in society? Because Capricorn is the sign of the elder. Sign you know, of the so what? The elder. Okay. You know, the grown-ass person. Mm -hmm. So... It, 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 it's, it's the ability to meet with our community and say what is needed for our community to sustain itself. Mm -hmm. You know, because think it's the beginning of winter. So Mrs. Smith has the pie dough and Mrs. Jones has the apples. Doesn't matter that they didn't get along at Christmas. We need apple pie. So Mrs. Smith and Mrs. Jones will have to come together and negotiate Capricorn as adults to make the apple pie. Mm, okay. And so that, so every time we get to Capricorn time of year, we're here to say, what is needed? What does our pragmatic self say? And then the eclipse just heightens the question, makes it uh, more imperative mm -hmm. that um, we get, we grow out of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We grow um, beyond what's comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, what, what's, what it feels like when we go into what's necessary. And so, so Capricorn, is, go ahead. No, go ahead, sorry. No, just Capricorn is, you know, that statement, uh, necessity is the motherhood of invention. Okay. So, so, so we are at a stage, uh, particularly uh, our country, uh, if we use July 4th, 1776 as a, um, as a, a beginning point of our nation, uh, the planet of transformation is in the sign of Capricorn and mm -hmm. has been since 2008. And all I'm just describing is dwarf planet Pluto. And if Capricorn represents institutions and Pluto represents transformation, we can look over the last 12 years and see how every institution has been transformed. Mm-hmm. Marriage. I love how you tie that to, to history. Yeah, because that's where we're at, because we're just 244 years old today, I mean this year, and Pluto takes 245, 250 years to go around the entire solar system. So we're mm -hmm. just now coming into our first Pluto return as wow. a nation, which is a lot about um, our transformation of how money is spent, how power is shared, uh, how we 
look at the shadow of division and hierarchy. Um, and as a cancer, you play out this role as being reminding us that the personal is okay. That, that the it's what? Okay, the personal is okay. That it's okay to just be in the moment and feel what's needed mm-hmm. and to give everybody that space, that safe space to experience their feelings. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Scorpio, the Scorpio rising, the Scorpio part of me is just, we're here to just speak those uncomfortable truths. Scorpio is to slice through all of the noise to say, okay, this is what the root truths, these are the root truths, people, mm. all right? Um, and so each of the 12 signs, we, it's like sitting around a round table uh, and we each have a different uh, lesson or different, uh, uh, I don't want to say lesson, well, yeah, lesson in school uh, to express to each other. I love that because it segues perfectly into my next question, which is okay. what are the implications of 2020 according to the stars? Why is this deemed as such a good time for clarity? Oh, uh, just from the fact that uh, the two lords of death, uh, Pluto and Saturn, uh, are basically walking together. Um, and the lords of death represent, I know that sounds all ominous, but yeah. it's, uh, it's like, oh, you know. Um, well, Pluto was discovered in 1930. So uh, up until 1930, Saturn was the Mr. Chronological, you spent 85 years on this planet and therefore. And then Pluto represents, as the rule of Scorpio represents how we feel or the psychological aspect of aging and processing that aspect of, of time and space. And so the fact that the two of them are together in 2020, no less, um, because, you know, immediately when they say that, we think about clear vision and and, and hindsight versus foresight. And I tend to think that we've got two choices. We can either, we can either come from love or we can come from fear, Mm. you know, and that's a course in miracles. This is nothing that I made up, but, um, and the 20th secret in the Tarot is the judgment card. Mm-hmm. So I see the judgment card as, are we going to be aligned with our higher selves? Are we going to be aligned with our evolutionary imperatives? Are we going to put down the toys, so to speak? You know, the, the, the pointing at others instead of taking responsibility mm-hmm. for ourselves. Um, I created a hashtag called Inner Manifest Destiny. Mm-hmm. So this is not more about Western expansionism. I mean, we, we, there's, there's no more physical worlds to conquer in a way. Yeah. So the next world to conquer is internally. Mm-hmm. You know, our use of personal power, our use of negotiating uh, the boundaries in relationship, um, understanding how we share ourselves and share the planet. Um, I know I had this dream <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean to just riff on Martin, Dr. King Jr., but, uh, <laughs> but I did. I had this dream that what if instead of, you know, that as we left the Middle East, you know, that if we left Iraq and the base is there, that we just started a program that just one third of the money that goes there uh, would rebuild our coastal lands and rebuild uh 
you know, our farming land. And we train people that got left behind with the industrial uh, uh, rust belt in the late 70s, early 80s. What if just some of that went that way, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, um, but it's time for new vision. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it also requires people like you, people, you know, taking time out of their schedule to talk about spiritual shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to you know, because like I said earlier, uh, two thousand years ago we would have been in the convent or the monastery. Yeah. We would we wouldn't have been. We wouldn't have had this opportunity to express this information to people to let people know that you're not alone. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that, that hits me um, because I came up or decided to do this podcast uh, in October and it Mm -hmm. had just come to me um, just a moment. Someone, people have told me I should have done it for a while, but um, it hit me really hard that like, okay, this, we need more space for these things, these other ideas, these concepts, even if they're things that I don't understand, is there a way that I can build a platform where we can have these conversations and talk about these things to open people's minds? And I thought for myself, even in my own astrological sign, um, <laughs> in the very watery part of myself, it's like, I like to talk about my feelings. Um, yeah. And what I hated um, growing up, because I have mediumistic abilities um, empathic sense energy things like that that there was no space for me to be able yeah. to talk about these things without feeling alien and so if I couldn't do it with the existing structure that laid there for me I was going to build my own and so but I had to obviously do a bunch of healing to get comfortable and love myself to be able to feel comfortable to do so but I thought to myself I remember in October thinking we're in a, ne- a new decade next year and everything's mm-hmm. gonna be very different. I don't know that from looking up anything astrolog- astrologically, but I felt it energetically. Yeah. Like everything's yeah. gonna be very different. We are dispelling of old different paradigms and templates and things that don't serve us anymore. And I need to be one of these people that makes space for these, for, you know, let's be a pioneer kind of thing. Um, to make yeah. space <laughs> for those to shift and change and allow for those to have a room to have a discussion to wake up. And, yep. and, you know, now it's not just, I have a dream. It's like, let's get this dream fucking done, you know? Yeah. So I, I wanted to like, is there any more like scientific or planetary? Cause I don't know anything about the planets. I know more about the signs okay. than I know about the planets, but where are they in alignment right now in this year or even coming season that people can apply to their lives? Like what are the energies that are coming up that would be helpful or useful to know so they can start facilitating that clarity or that change? Okay. Great question. Uh, first of all, mid-May, is is where there are two time periods that I, I, uh the spring equinox uh is where mr vocational big work saturn he moves from capricorn to aquarius and he won't stay fully in aquarius until the end of the year but he'll give us a little taste for about four months and just imagine that when he leaves earthy tangible even claustrophobic you know, Capricorn can get real, uh, you know, where you can be so cautious that you're running on fear, you know, running on the limitations. So going into Aquarius is this work that you're doing. It's that ability to create platforms that talk about the future, that talk about 
um, I like to think of Aquarius as our musketeer energy, all for one and one for all. And mm -hmm. so Saturn is there saying, I'm going to give you the knowledge in order to use it for everybody that needs it. You know, Oprah's a, Winfrey's a, an Aquarius, you know, you get a car, you get a car, you know, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of energy. Then in May, uh, Venus goes retrograde in Gemini, and Venus retrogrades about every 18, 19 months. And basically, um, so for May 13th to about June 25th, think of the planet that brings everything together, the way in which we create equilibrium and peace and unity um, and harmony, all the Nugian things, is in the very separating sign of Gemini. So it's going to be a time for us to really look at the ways in which we communicate to each other, how we can stay present moment focused. Uh, it's also an excellent time to look at, well, what happened the last time she was retrograde in Gemini? So you can go back to 2012, 2004, 1996. So every eight years, she kind of tells the similar story, sort of like a really good soap opera cliffhanger, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then Jupiter goes retrograde a couple of days after that. So we got these two benefits or planets that represent generosity pausing to get us to look inwardly to what we believe and value to how we broadcast our messages, how we give to others, Venus and Jupiter. So May, Saturn's also in there too. So, these, so that mid-May is where if you've overextended yourself in terms of credit or overextended yourself in terms of dating or any form of overextension, you can find that mid-May is where we hit a reset button. Mm -hmm. We have to reevaluate why am I spreading myself so thinly. Um, and then the larger arc is um, we begin a new 20-year economic cycle right around the winter solstice of this year, December of 2020. And those of us who uh, have anything in Aquarius or in early of the fixed signs, whether that Leo, Taurus, Scorpio, or Aquarius, we're going to really get jump started with what's our great work? What's, mm -hmm. what's the, what are we, and you know, you have Venus very early in, in Leo um, and that, and a one degree Aries moon. So you begin things through that pioneering vision that kind of gets downloaded to you, you know, just ping. <laughs> you know, and so you know it because there's there's this this energy that's clairvoyant and also probably clairsentient where it's it comes through the body the physical body um and i, I i'm just way more hopeful than i have been um I mean, even this is doing this, uh, you know, because this was a kind of a low energy day for me. Mm. And then I realized that I didn't want to reschedule. I didn't want, I didn't want to do so. I just, you know, got a cup of tea, um, did a couple of triangle poses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and just, and just kind of talk to the spiritual invisible visibles is what I call it, support team. And um, and just glad that you know you you know you've got the that that pushy water and pushy fire. You <laughs> you know you're gonna get us going. That's that you, you, you're going. That's what you're here to do is to get us to get us moving 
about things that are not here yet. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's why, you know, you're born a year of the rat. And so we're in, you know, every 36 years, I mean, every 12 years, uh, you, your year comes back. Um, and so it's very important how people born a year of the rat um, work the future while honoring the past. Hmm. Not getting lost in the past and not getting caught in the fear of uh, past as prologue. Mm-hmm. But to be able to, um, the word I keep hearing or what just popped in is ingenuity. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 there's an ingenuity that, um, and I, is that rooted in ingenue or is it just uh, my brain is warping out? I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, but, it, but it's just, but if it's ingenue just can mean just having a youthful quality about things that come your way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, where, 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 whether it is or not, it's not the important thing is so much as it is uh, an inventiveness, a genius, as it were. I will um, take genius, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes me excited because when we think about moving forward and mm-hmm. like for myself, when I do energy clients and things like that, I don't do anything future predicting um, because I can't tell the future. Um, mm-hmm. But as a sensation, even within the stars, we've seen lots of documents and people reading energy and talking about the planets and the stars and things like that and how this year is going to be very different. And not just from the namesake of 2020 or from it just being a whole new decade, but the energy that it brings with it. I have seen so many people I would never think be interested in this stuff come mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and be like, yeah yo, what is this? I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I want to know. I got questions. And I'm like, you of all people, really? And seeing that transformation take place where people are starting to take their own spiritual information and their own uh, discovery into their own hands. And particularly when it comes to signs and signals and things like that, um, them, them wanting to, to dig in and develop more of themselves by utilizing this information of their imprint, of their timestamp that they keep yes. to the world and saying, okay, I have this now dictionary available to me about all the elements of myself and how to use those and interact with other people and see where my downfalls are ahead of time so I can see where they come from, why they happen, and how to improve and grow consciously. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I love that your website is called belief is not required um, because in that people think that astrology, I mean, astrology is a very scientific based thing. Yes. um, But people attribute it to a spiritual and mystical thing. And so um, I'm curious. I mean, I love that you named it that because that's just wonderful branding. Just one. (laughs) Um, But two, um, the scientific aspects or implications of it. Um, what is, let's see, how do I want to phrase this? What is the role that I'm losing the question? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The way that people would like to apply that science to their life. They came in, we are, we are these human beings that came in with planets that revolve around a sun and mm-hmm. the way that we think about our world in such a pragmatic way, a logical way. Astrology in the mystical world is probably the most scientific or, uh, or measured yeah. aspect yeah. of anything that's considered mystical at all. And so 
when you say belief is not required, it really isn't because you sit, you sat here and looked at my chart very quickly and was able to nail very specific things about my personality where someone would go, oh, you know, that's very general and it's very generic and blah, blah, blah. But considering how much you have to know about this particular topic, I mean, you're basically studying for the bar. <laughs> like, yes, I, it is a whole nother discipline. Um, and I do say, I do quit sometimes I went to law school to become an astrologer. Um, but I, I I think that the scientific measurement part of it, and certainly with quantum physics now, mm -hmm. and Schrodinger's yeah. cat, and and quarks and particles, that even our definition of Cartesian, you know, scientific hypothesis is changing. And yeah. so we have to have an open, more fluid. Well, we don't have to have anything. Let's start it. But <laughs> I want to choose that. You know, let's keep the open mind, open heart, and. And if I know enough to know that if I have the instinct of the peacemaker, right, and I'm in a situation where someone is not willing to negotiate for peace, then I tend to internally go by Felicia, you know, that I tend to, I tend to say, well, I need to not have this person in my life because of my instinct is to want to negotiate and keep the peace, then I have to be vigilant about who I allow to be close to me. Mm -hmm. So if you just know one aspect of where your shadow is most likely to show itself, right? Like for instance, you anytime a planet is following the sun, it's called your shadow planet. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have Venus following the sun. So no matter how many times people say, oh, I love your artwork. Oh, girl, that, that outfit. Oh, I love your hair. That may be a part of you that doesn't just, you don't see it. Because mm -hmm. Venus is beauty and love and art. Because it's your shadow energy. You do, or you toss, or you say, oh, this old thing. And it's mm -hmm. like, and, and we looking at you like, yeah, right, girl. <laughs> you know, and so... But if you know that you're more likely to maybe devalue something that is unique and particular to you, then the next time it's complimented, you don't, you take it in, you mm -hmm. don't deflect it, right? So the science um, allows you to learn where those downfalls are. Exactly. So you can and you have better relationships. Yes. And, and it's, um, and, and I know that I would not have evolved on a heart level as quickly if I had become a practicing attorney because I would have had to stay in logic, in defensive. It, it just wouldn't have been pretty. And so, <laughs> and so this, by being more of an artist, mystic, uh, it's just it's just done me a world of good, Leah. I, mm -hmm. I mean, and um, that was my next question. How has astrology changed your life? Oh, um, in so many ways that our uh, I'll put it to you this way: there's an, uh, an Arabic part that connects the sun, moon, and ascendant, and it's called part of fortune. So it's like, basically it says that if you do this, this is what brings your karmic goodies to you, right? Because you've got karmic liabilities as well as karmic assets. And mine is in the sign of Pisces, which is mystical. And 
you know, fluid and multidimensional and it can produce a general as well as a mystic. And so if I had chosen, if I had chosen to do a more, if I were driven more by financial concerns, that would have showed up by having planets in Taurus and Capricorn and Virgo, which I do have some in Virgo, but the outer planets. So, mm -hmm. but my inner personality driven planets are either in spirit fire, soulful water, or intellectual air. Mm -hmm. So I, I wasn't motivated by financial aims. And so astrology gave me a medium, gives me a medium of expression and oh and i include tarot and oh i even do uh I Ching. i mean it, it, it's a whole gumbo up in here right <laughs> um, but it, it it allows me to talk to people well this may sound corny but it just came to me it's talking to people's souls mm -hmm. you know it really it really is and you know me and this camera um <laughs> and but i absolutely love it and I give myself permission to, um, when I'm not in, in front of a client or not doing some research, then I may not know exactly where the moon is right now. I mean, I know it's still in Virgo, but I don't know the exact degree. Yeah. Right? Um, and so I give myself permission to not always have it be the, the, the guiding energy that mm -hmm. I allow my intuition um, and that I allow my spirit to just move me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're but still a deeply spiritual person. So it's yeah, not and I think we, we all are. And it's yeah. just a matter of, and I make the presumption, and I don't know if I said this to you when I saw you years ago, but I make the presumption that everyone who crosses my threshold uh, is looking to get, you know, stronger psychic muscles or stronger mm -hmm. intuitive muscles. Yeah. Otherwise, they would much like you go to the gym or you walk or whatever you do to get a better physical body that you're just coming to to see me to get uh, a better spiritual one. Mm. You know, so I love that. Yeah. So besides coming to see you, because we know that's a wonderful thing. What is something that people who are novices can do to learn more about their astrology? Oh, there's uh, great, great authors out these days. Um, Stephen Forrest is one of my favorites, double R-E-S-T. Uh, he's written The Inner Sky, and he's doing a, a series of works on uh, the four elements, mm -hmm. like the Book of Fire, the Book of Earth, and I think the Book of Air is about to come out, and then Water will be last. Uh, I think that... There's so much information out that uh, order reports, get the books, create your tribe, find your tribe. Because mm -hmm. I, I feel we're all we're all looking for each other, um, and the older souls. And you know, you're an older soul if you're saying things like "I'm spiritual, not religious." Uh, you don't give a flying big about someone's gender yeah you know you're just like really because you've been all the genders uh, <laughs> you know you can't really get to it you can do studies about black lives matter I mean, you can understand how there's still oppressions and microaggressions 
but you use it more as a teachable energy than I'm only this. Yeah. You know, I'm only that. Um, but it's it's just it's so much out there. And and I and this is the Scorpio side of me like you. Uh, do not give your birth time to people you don't fully trust. Yeah. Yeah, don't just just don't just, you know, uh-uh. You can give the actual, I'm born uh, December 3rd, but don't start giving a year and I'm born at 345 p.m. in Des Moines, Iowa. You know, no. you, you know, if you don't trust the mofo, because that is a roadmap of, of how you're more likely. Yep. And the less conscious you are, uh, the, more we, the more insight we can have on you. Yeah. See, I think that's wonderful to say because mm -hmm. those of us who are very conscious daters, we ask for that information because like we're yes. not getting involved with you if you got Scorpio in the, you know, like. <laughs> or, you, or at least you go in negotiating the parts that are challenging, you know, yeah. I, like to this day, I still don't particularly care for Mars and Libra. I'm sorry, Mars and Libra people. You just not. It's not the favorite space, the warrior energy for me. That's just, yeah. that's just me. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will make allowances for that energy um, and not judge it and see how the person uses it. But I do have to, and this is my personal life, not professionally, that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I realized that maybe a quarter of my clients uh, even more uh, come to me for uh, just relationship. I just met this individual. What what's up with this? Mm -hmm. And um, if you give up the NATO information to someone, then you're giving permission, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That that's the, that you just gave that individual permission to. Like and if it, it's relational, then I have no ethical problem. When I'm fine with that because it's about creating uh, healthier bonds. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've never thought about it like that. That's really beautiful. Yeah, because that's where we're at. We're yeah. conscious. It's about consciousness. Yeah. And uh, and I and I tell you that all of you born in a twenty-one year cycle from like nineteen late sixty-eight to early nineteen eighty-nine, you're all here to consciously create uh, and reform how we do one-to-one -one relationships. Mm. You know, all through, that 21 years is when the planet of reformation, Uranus, was going through one-to-one uh, -one Libra, commitment, or in Scorpio, and then what are the rules for mm. our future? What is the ethical way in which we're going to do monogamy or non-monogamy as Sagittarius? For those 21 years, um, you're here to teach us a thing or two mm -hmm. about relationships and about new forms. So when you talk about new energy coming in for the decade, uh, you know, these double twos, the 20 and the 20, it's about balancing our masculine and feminine, our yang and our yin energies internally so we can have yes. more peaceful interaction with others. Man, and hey, look. That is... <laughs> That is my, my preaching right now. That's all I've yeah. been talking about the last year. And it's owning it. We're men, yeah. we have to own our moon signs. I need to take care of ourselves. I need to nurture ourselves and our partners and mates and children 
and women, and women are ahead, of, I mean, a little bit ahead of us uh, because of the second wave feminism of the 70s. And, and just, um, what's that t-shirt that I love to see? Uh, the future is female. Mm. Um, and it's that aspect of, but it's not just female without a corresponding balance of strength and power and directedness that mm. comes from the active masculine, mm. you know, as well. Mm. Um, but I, 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 yeah, is it dark right now? It's that statement, darkest for the dawn, uh, we're going through a purge, mm -hmm. you know, however you want to classify all of that. Um, but do not, it's, it's resisted temptation to give up hope. I mean, it really, um, I, I, I just don't think, Aaliyah, that we got all this information and we're not going to figure out a way to apply it wisely. I just, I just refuse mm -hmm. to believe that. I, I just, no, we're, we're going to get it right. Yes. So everybody go see Quan Cherry right now to get your chart and figure your shit out, please. <laughs> Spiritual shit, now. come to here. <laughs> um, God, I enjoyed your enjoyed talking with you. <laughs> um, last thing is, can you tell people where to find you? Uh, Beliefisnotrequired.com. That's belief mm -hmm. is not required. Uh, YouTube channel, Quan Tracy Cherry. Uh, YouTube and there's also a Facebook page, Belief Is Not Required. And I think that, you know, coming through the website is, is a good way, the YouTube channel, of course. But um, it's just in this, what this has done, Aaliyah, is that you've inspired me to, to look at what are some of the ways that this information can get out here. Because um, I think that 2020 is about tuning up. Mm -hmm. You know, people just, uh, you know, really looking at, you know, what do you need to know in 15, 20 minutes? Not everything has to be uh, 45 minutes, an hour, and I even do about 90 minute appointments. But with established clients, uh, I will talk to them about 15 minutes. Yeah. I just uh, a company, a client of mine, uh, you know, we're working on putting me on retainer for their employees. So yeah. Oh <laughs> man. See, well, there, that's another thing that's shifting is we're starting to mm -hmm. see corporations seeing yeah. the aspects and advantages of not just astrology, but meditation, mindfulness, oh, auras, totally. personality, things like that, and how that facilitates and better, better works to their advantage for their companies for the longevity of the people that they hire for the, the co-working environment for the balance of whose talents go where. And we're starting and, to see that integration. And if nuns, you know, people who N-O-N-E-S, people who have no religious affiliation, if that's the fastest group mm -hmm. of people in America and say even the world, then I see all of this as kind of the, the uh, clearinghouse or um, community space mm -hmm. where doesn't mean we st still can't go to the Catholic mass, but it's that aspect of growing up spiritually uh, and taking responsibility for uh, your gnosis, your knowledge, mm -hmm. your application of what you know. So um, it's a, it, but typically we don't ask the question to win some form of suffering. Um, Say so that again. Typically we don't ask the question 
until we're in some form of suffering. Right. So how much pain do we need people? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I, mean? I, I said on the last I'm, episode, I said, uh, there need- are some less, you will continue to learn that lesson until you don't need it anymore. And yeah. for me, sometimes that stubborn energy, I will bang my head on the door till it's bloody and bruised and, and falling apart. So I'm like, okay, all right, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. Let's like find another way to do that. Um, and why did you said that this, this, the spirit that flew in was the eagle. So you've got some eagle energy, that spirit, that vision, that ability to see far, but also see precise. Thank so, you. That that's that's so that's what that's what spirit said to say to you. So I love that. I got a little reading today too, which is kind of great. (laughs) Thank you so much, Quancheri, for being on our show. And I will link all his information uh, at the bottom, so you guys will be able to access that. Um, And thank you for listening. Thank you guys for supporting this channel and supporting us. And so we can continue to bring you content that will allow for more spiritual awakenings and make people feel less alone. We'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) Thanks, baby. Thank you. You're welcome. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.energycoaching.com thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.